Welcome to the AUC podcast series on building our collective American dream. I'm Dr. S.K. Lo, president of AAUC. In this podcast, we will focus on the hate crisis that our community faces due to COVID-19. When our innocent, respected seniors, vulnerable children and women were being attacked, the urge to do good to defend our community is hard to resist in each of us. It's heartwarming to see our Asian American community rises up, unites, and speaks out against hate. We, the silent minority, can no longer be silent. There were many notable rallies, virtues, and podcasts held in various parts of the U.S. since the beginning of this year. Each brought us closer to the realization that we need to unite and reach out for the public support to combat and overcome the stigma of being perpetual foreigner in a land that we all belong. We need to bring change to the system to eradicate hate and racism. Our host, Jack Hanna, board member and committee chair of AAUC, through his interviews will shed light on what is behind the Yellow Whistle campaign and the national rally on unity against hate organized by the Asian Pacific Islander American Public Affairs and how they join forces to bring our collective American dream closer to home. Let's go to Jack. Hello, I'm Jack Hanna. Our guests today are going to describe their efforts of responding to the Atlanta tragedy and other recent acts of violence by organizing the API community, promoting alliances and coalitions with others, and developing a plan for how we all may refute the hate by building a safer and more just society for us all. First, we interview Agnes Sue Tang and Lee Ann Chong about how they launched the hugely successful Yellow Whistle campaign and partnered with APAPA's Unity Rally Against Hate effort. Then we talk with Vincent Wang, APAPA's president, about how the rallies across the country and world united opposition to the racism and violence against the API community. Finally, we discuss with Amy Tong and Carl Chan how APAPA's Sacramento and Oakland chapters promoted the rallies and discovered a new awareness and commitment from API's youth and second and third generations to advocate for our community's civil rights as Americans. Now, let us join our first guests, Agnes Sue Tang and Lee Ann Chong. Welcome, Agnes and Lee Ann, to AAUC's podcast series. Agnes, you and your husband, Oscar, and Lee Ann, among others, conceived and launched the Yellow Whistle campaign. How did that come to be? Jack, let me take you from the very beginning. It started around midnight East Coast time. A friend of mine had contacted me very upset about what happened in Midtown New York. As you know, there was a elderly Filipina lady who was on her way to church 
and she was attacked, and that these two doormen had purposely shut the doors and refused to help her. And we were both extremely disturbed. That is not the America that we know. And in this instance, it occurred to me that I have always carried a whistle since I was an undergraduate archaeology student as、uh, a GPS to identify ourselves. There's no language barrier using a whistle. It does not require battery. It's light. It's it's plastic. It cannot be used against you. So we decided that we're going to distribute whistles. So that was our conversation on March 31st, literally at midnight. I shared this idea with Oscar, and he is the one that came up with the idea that we should have a whistle that is a symbol. So we decided to put it on a wristband, so it will come off very easily. And the yellow color was really Oscar's idea for two reasons. One, yellow is really the color of optimism in nature. It's the color of Sunflowers, daffodils, to welcome spring—it's the color of hope. But in America, historically, it has been weaponized against Asians as the mark of xenophobia. So, by having a yellow whistle, we are literally and metaphorically whistleblowing on historical discrimination and xenophobia. So that's how it came about. Well, I think what happened first was when Agnes and I were texting each other at the end of March. I, ordinary person going to church, can get attacked. So then I message Agnes and need to do something positive. And I know Agnes and Oscar are people of action. And then she said, "How about a whistle? You know that you are not alone. It's like the safety pin when Trump was anti-Muslim. It's like a breast cancer ribbon. But this is practical." I feel that this is the country where it's possible to make a difference, and I want to make a difference. I think is just wonderful, and want to now ask you: having accomplished so much in such a short period of time, what's next in the short term and the long term? Expanding your alliance and your coalition. I immediately approached the New York Historical Society, which became our first hub. For distribution, we had university settlement who joined us and included yellow whistles in their dental kits, and they started including the whistles in their free toothpaste dental kits, and then it went to、um, food banks. It was just such word of mouth. We have the part of the New York Public Library, and we also started working with Campgrounds of America, which has national presence in all fifty states. Then contacted Vincent Wong, who is, as you know, the national president of、um, APAPA, and that really began the outreach. As of today, we have close to 100 partners, and in all 50 states, we launched the Yellow Whistle project April 19th, and、uh, two days before, Leanne was invited by Bubble Tea Collective. This LGBT, well-known, highly respected LGBTQ Asian American group in New York City. That was our first public distribution of the yellow whistles. We thank Bubble Tea Collective for being one of our first partners in this project. It's been interesting, I think, how this has developed very naturally. This movement, 
And it's which shows, I think, the sincerity of it. This Saturday, APAPA is leading a coordinated nationwide campaign of rallies. They will be、uh, major rallies in San Francisco, in Columbus, Ohio, in, in Washington D.C. And so we went from ten thousand whistles to a hundred thousand whistles within three weeks. And we've set up six regional hubs to help us distribute at all the major rallies to the most needy. We're committed to this. Project and we will continue to order whistles, distribute whistles. So please contact us. They will be more whistles to come, more than the one hundred thousand. We just shipped three thousand six hundred and fifty whistles this morning. So <laughs> we're getting good at it. We have prepared a card that is distributed with every whistle that is bilingual in English and in Chinese, in English and Korean, into English and Spanish because the Hispanic community is rallying to come and support the Asian American community. And it says, "When in danger, blow the whistle." We're whistleblowing on all forms of injustices in in our society. And there's one last thing I want to say. People ask why Asian Americans are viewed as a silent minority, but we're whistleblowing because we demand our right to belong in America. Agnes and Leanne, so appreciate you taking time from this frantic moment in your lives and organizing all of these just amazing accomplishments. I greatly admire what you've done, and you deserve our thanks, credit, and appreciation for your efforts. Welcome, Vincent Wang, as president of the Asian Pacific American Public Affairs Organization, or APAPA. Were there other partners that you had that assisted you with your unity against hate rallies? Where do you envision your efforts organizing the Asian American community going forward? We have received overwhelming response from the Black, Latino, and Jewish community. We receive support. From public officials, they issue public statements, show up at our rally, and condemn the hate against the Asians, and also call for actions to change. This time around, people realize we need to stand together to have a strong voice. There were total 23 locations that participating in the rally in the U.S. and four locations overseas doing similar rallies. We had a lot of the second-generation Asian Americans speakers. They used to not participate in our events. Now they have personally witnessed the bias and the attack against Asians. They speak up and be part of the change. It is very powerful. We felt very encouraged. They are our future. They are the country's future.、And、I think the rally is just one of the first actions we took. President Biden signed the anti-Asian hate bill that was passed by both chambers of Congress. That law will request law enforcement to、uh, systematically track all the hate incidents. That will help us identify actions going forward. There's a lot of things we need to work on, including how can we work together as a society to make all people feel like they are part of this. Country, they are as American as anyone else. We include Asian American history in their curriculum. People were using misinformation and blamed Asians for the challenges they were facing. We want to change that. We want to work with public officials and law enforcement to help them receive implicit bias training. 
help our community understand how we can speak up, how we can protect ourselves. I'm very optimistic that we can do it together with different parts of the community. Let's now turn to Amy, who for many years has served as the senior advisor for APAPA. Can you introduce yourself, Amy? I am the California State Chief Information Officer. I'm also the uh, director of the California Department of Technology, which are responsible for providing strategic directions and policy changes and leading the way for digital transformation of how state government operates. Amy, what role did you have organizing the Oakland Rally? It's one of the local locations amongst 20 different locations as a broader effort for the national unity against hate. I'm one of the originators of the entire idea of unity against hate. With the rise of the anti-AAPI incidents, there's desire from the community to come together and speak up. Myself, along with uh, several other volunteers in Sacramento to say, we got to pull this together. We have support from the different chapter leaders of APAPA and AAJA, immediate support to say, yep, we want to be part of it. Many other national organizations such as um, NWACP, CARE, uh, for the Muslim you know, community, OCA, and just many, many more that I wouldn't go into one by one. So Oakland location is one of those most active locations, thanks to the great leadership of Carl Chen. When did you first conceive the idea and how difficult was it to organize under the time constraints? The rally took place on May 15th. It was early April. We know that rally alone is not going to be enough. And people was like, wait a minute, we're doing these smaller rallies in pockets, but where is a bigger movement to really send this message and the solidarity? And that's why the movement was come together early April to say with three prompt approach. One, continue to support the local movement because people needed that immediate response and express their opinion and their dismay of what's going on. Two, that the movement is not about painting ourselves as a victim of the hate, but is really should be a show of strength and unity on how powerful it is if all of us can come together, respect different diversity and respect different culture respect different voices, but all works towards a common goal that is to build a better American dreams for everyone. We have a third prong approach. It's going to continue with the work on policy change. We are demanding policy change anywhere from more education about Asian Americans' contribution to the society, education to law enforcement and policymakers to better spot and address hate crimes, more educations to our next generation and different diversity groups to understand and communicate the different culture. And then therefore, we learn to respect and learn to understand um, each other's need better. So a lot of these kind of policy change is the continuation of the work that we're going to be um, carrying on. 
I compliment your efforts and approach to educate the public and combine your efforts through coalitions with other groups. Describe that more in detail and what specific actions you have taken to promote coalition building. The coalition building, it's a, a core principle of unity against hate movement. And it's very much the thinking behind why we use the word unity as opposed to only stop Asian hate or start AAPI hate, even though we know that was the driver, but the angle is not to protect the Asian Americans' well-beings. What the thinking behind building the coalition is, if we're doing this by ourselves, is never going to be as strong as if we were doing this united. When the Asian American community are faced with all these crimes, the very first group that reach out to me to say how we can help you, Amy, is actually NWACP. And is our African American community to say, look, they're there to help us to make sure that our voice are being heard. And we're here to stand by you. And that was very moving to me. And prior to that, it was the LGBTQ community. And prior to that, it was the Hispanic Latino community and then the Muslim community. And that's why building that coalition is the most important thing. Only by demonstrating what coalition can bring is modeling the way of how the different cultures can take the time to understand each other, respect each other and uh, live in harmony. How it came about that Papa connected with the Yellow Whistle campaign. The Yellow Whistle campaign is that the minute Unity Against Hate uh, movement was launched, it was received um, by so many organizations that say, hey, we want to be part of it. Can we donate these Yellow Whistles at the rally? In fact, we passed the Yellow Whistle to the thousands of participants of the rally on May 15th. We lined up on exactly noon Pacific time, along with Central time and East Coast time. We all blow yellow whistle to demonstrate that the message that we all belong. That was a, a very powerful moment for us. So we were very glad that the yellow whistle movement was part of the United Against Hate movement. There definitely have challenges for whether people feel safe to come out. By coming together, we say, no, this is not the time to be silent. The stereotype model citizens, Asian American, we just heads down hard work and just deliver. We don't make any noise. We don't speak up. We don't push back. It's actually uh, not helpful when it comes to a situation like this. We really have demonstrated there's no fear in speaking up. So I think that's one positive outcome that we were so happy with a huge turnout, more than we expected. We need to carry the momentum forward to make those policy change. There is a dedicated group that's going to be looking at the various policy from federal, state, local level education side to see what type of uh, succinct changes we can propose. We're going to hold our elected officials accountable for making those uh, reality. We want to be proactive and we want to be sustaining this momentum. One of the core mission is to do voter education and voters participation so that we have the voters turnout representing the Asian American community. I have seen that more and more people feel comfortable to speak up, more comfortable to participating in this civic process. And we've been doing that for the past decade, watching a lot of young leaders that are coming out become more and more interested in the civic process it's quite hopeful. They feel empowered to cast that vote. Papa have put a dedicated focus and, and called, you know, our youth leadership development. So when they're younger, it's about social equality. 
when they're a little bit older is about equal opportunity in their career development. And they want their own children to learn about the contribution of the different community and diversity. And now let's hear from Carl Chan, who helped coordinate the May 15th Unity Rally in Oakland, California. Compliments on your effort organizing the Asian American community. The success was spectacular. Thank you. It really is about the joint effort. This rally, at the very beginning, we had the faith-based leadership came in and did the chanting and the blessing. We also have community leaders and friends and supporters from all races. During the rally, we all understand we are the same. We can share our love and our cultures. We should be proud of ourselves. I want to emphasize on this yellow whistle because during our rally at noon, we have decided it's going to be a national whistle blowing. We have invited many community leaders, including president of the NWACP, Mr. Holland, along with actor Daniel Wu. We have about 800 people showing up and, and marching together. At 12 noon, we stop everything. Together, we blow the loudest whistles on earth. There are so many cities with us, not only in the United States, we have people from Australia, from Canada, from all over the world. Stop hate. The organizations called APAPA, the chair for the Greater Oakland Chapter, is a national organization decided to march to call many organizations and groups to join us. We never have expected. There were so many elected officials, community leaders want to come to be the speakers. It's important to see that most of the elected officials join us to recognize what the problems are, focusing on the solutions. What problems did you overcome in order to organize this event? Well, interesting enough, just about two weeks before this rally, I was attacked it was a cowardly attack from behind because of this incident. We are getting more people to come out in support of this rally. Now I truly understand so many victims of crime, how they feel, what their families should do, how their communities should come together. People may not understand what racism is unless you are the receiving end. We have to understand what hate is all about, what racism is all about. We want to stop all this racism and therefore we want to call for unity. We should be part of the solutions, how to unite ourselves. We wanted to educate our politicians, no matter in the city level, county, state, especially federal level. Bring out the message, unite everyone. Remember, we are the United States of America, so let's be united. My heartfelt thanks to our outstanding guests, Agnes Tang, Leon Chong, Vincent Wang, Amy Tong, Carl Chang, and our host Jack Hanna for the inside stories behind the Yellow Whistle campaign and the national rally on unity against hate by APAPA, and how they joined forces to bring national attention on the Asian hate crisis. Listening to this podcast, my main takeaways are under the hate crisis, Asian Americans, young and old, speak out, unite to break our stigma of being the silent model minorities and the perpetual foreigners. We all belong. To achieve long-term impacts, it will have to come from build solidarity with other discriminated minorities, public officials, law enforcement, and educators to fight for systemic change to overcome hate and racism.
The AUC podcast is supported by our active individual members and organization members. For more information about AAUC, please go to our website asamunitycoalition.org. Again, it's asamunitycoalition.org. For information about the Yellow Whistle campaign, go to theyellowwhistle.org. For information about Asian Pacific Islander American Public Affairs, go to apapa.org. Thank you for listening to our AUC podcast series on building our collective American dream. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. Tune in to our next podcast, which will be launched on the last Sunday of each month. That will be on June 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It will be on the mental health crisis of our Asian American youth.